1: Because I'm a Catholic? Because I'm a Calvary Chapelite? Because I'm a Baptist, a Methodist, a Presbyterian? I'm going to heaven? Do you know what John the Baptist says to them? Well, actually God can take this stone and the stone can get into heaven easier than you. That's what he was saying to them. Now you say, Pastor Mark, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? If that's how I think I'm gonna get into heaven,
0: It's 100% wrong. The Bible warns us to be diligent in guarding our hearts against false prophets and teachers. Whether it's a teaching we are uncertain about or a blatant perversion of God's truth, we're called to discern these things with wisdom. One such perversion is the belief of salvation through membership in a church or by family. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark addresses this false doctrine that's believed to this very day. Reflecting on the Pharisees' belief of salvation by simply being a Jew, Pastor Mark reminds us that salvation only comes through Christ. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3, verse 6, with his continuing study entitled, Real Christian, Prove It!
1: You listen to many, 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 many sermons, good churches. You won't hear the word repent, and you will not hear the word it's the S word sin. You won't hear it. Why? They say it doesn't sell. Don't watch with the, a negative eye, you watch with a discerning eye. And here's what you hear most of the teachings. How to make sure you're a better person. How to solve your family problems. By the way, we believe in that. We just did a whole series on that. Forgiveness and whatever. But remember, the end of that, being free, means now i got to go serve. That's another S word you don't hear too much. So you, you won't hear. You, you, well, Pastor Mark, you, in the churches, you, and, and I get new stuff all the time. Here's what you want to do. Don't, don't mention sin. Now, you can allude to it, but don't mention the S word. What do you mean, don't mention the S word? Notice what John the Baptist says confessing their sin. You're born a sinner. If I don't do something about it, I die and go to hell. I need to do something about it. Now, we don't preach fire and brimstone. Every day you come in here and go, burn, 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 burn. <laughs> but can you imagine going to church your whole life and never know how to become a Christian? Here's what you hear in many, many churches. And I'm, many churches are very good. Don't, don't get me wrong. Many churches are very good. But here's often what you hear at the end of a broadcast when I'll just ask Jesus to come in your life. And pray the spirit. God came into my life. Thanks. And now find a great church. And God bless you. Have a great life. What? Where's the sin? Where's the being sorry? Where's the repentance? There is none. So be careful. Be careful. We have to be balanced in what we present. John the Baptist says: first you got to admit you're a sinner. If you can't admit you're a sinner, it isn't gonna happen. And you're gonna see these religious people say, We're not sinners. Now, if they would admit their need and confess, then John the Baptist would baptize them. Now, what happens after they were baptized? They confessed their sin, and that didn't mean they went back 24 years and listed every sin. No, just a general thing. God, I know I sinned against you. That's my nature. It separates me. I'm sorry. And by the way, baptism was being dumped. It was baptismal. It means immersed. They weren't sprinkled if you were sprinkled, whatever. It means immersed. Well, what happens to the Jewish person that comes all the way from Jerusalem, confesses his sins or her sins, and they're dunked in the water, come up by the water. Here's how they come up. Man, I'm wet now. i got to walk all the way back to Jerusalem. (laughs) Why in the world did I do that stupid thing? Repent. It's kind of a negative term. I thought this John Baptist was a neat cool, but I had to say my sins in front of those people. Man, I feel horrible, and I'm never going back again. No. Repenting and being baptized was the most joyous thing that ever happened in their life. Before they'd been dry, at least now they're wet. (laughs) Their life is filled with peace. Why? Because the guilt is gone. You can't be good enough to get rid of your guilt. Now, the next verses I have on the New Living Translation, and I am going to go through them with you. So just look up here on the screen. Let me give you a little clue, preface to it. Look at me for a moment. With all these people coming, there was a change in Jerusalem. Uh, the services at the synagogue were down considerably in attendance. Why? Well, who's going to go to the synagogue when you can go hear Johnny the Baptist? So the whole group's going out there. So, the religious leaders, well, they're going to come too. So, you have the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But remember, these people were notorious into traditions. They really didn't even know God, and Jesus is going to speak to that. Judaism was totally dead. And besides that, they were incredible hypocrites. They didn't live at all what they even said they should have been living. So here they come. Look what John the Baptist says. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees, the Jewish religious leaders, coming to be baptized, he denounced them. You brood of snakes, who warn you to flee God's coming judgment? Well, prove by the way you live that that you have really turned from your sins and turned to God. Don't just say, we're safe. We're the descendants of Abraham. Abraham. Notice what John the Baptist says to these religious leaders. That proves nothing. In fact, he says, God can change these stones here in the children of Abraham. What is is John doing? Here's exactly what he's doing. It brings up point number three. Repent now. It has to be a spiritual heart change. Not some kind of physical deal with a church, listen, or a family. I want you to listen very carefully to me. John was attacking the established religious concept. That's the same concept today. So listen to me out. John was attacking an established religious concept of the day that these Jews said this. Being Jewish... Belonging to the Jewish church automatically meant that you're saved and going to heaven. You see, the religious leaders, they taught this. Our ancestry is Abraham. Abraham is a friend of God. Because I'm a relative of Abraham, I have a free pass into the kingdom. You see, it was this religious concept. I did some study that I hadn't done before, and I thought it was very interesting. The Jews actually taught this, that Abraham himself sat at the gates of hell, and when a Jew would come, maybe got misplaced, headed to hell, he would say to the Jews, Oh, excuse me. You don't belong here. You're a Jew. You belong to heaven. This is what was taught. Because they were related... To Abraham, thousands of years before, Abraham stood there and blocked the gates of hell for them. You see, the key was this if you belong to the Jewish church, you go to heaven. We have the same exact concept today. Let me give you some examples. Number one if you come to Calvary Chapel, all I have to do is come, I'm going to heaven. Some of you are raised in the Catholic Church. Why are you going to heaven? Well, I'm a member of the Catholic Church, the one true church I'm going. Well, being a member of Calvary Chapel, some Calvary Chapels have membership. We just don't. But being a member, let's say we did. You going to heaven because you're a member? I don't think so. How about the Catholic Church? No. Well, some of you are raised in the South. Florida is not in the South. We're transplants from everywhere. But let's say, and I know this to be very true because my son lives in the South. Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, whatever. You know what their concept is? Well, my granddaddy built this church. And we've been Baptists or Methodists or Church of Christ all our life. And there's 47 generations of it. And the reason I'm going to heaven, because I got my pew right there and my name's on it. Now you say, oh, that's foolish. No, that's what's believed. Now what are you going to do about that? Because I'm a Catholic, because I'm a Calvary Chapelite, because I'm a Baptist, a Methodist, a Presbyterian, I'm going to heaven. Do you know what John the Baptist says to them? Well, actually, God can take this stone, and the stone can get into heaven easier than you. That's what he was saying to them. And you say, Pastor Mark, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? If that's how I think I'm going to get into heaven, It's 100% wrong. Is it a big deal? It's the biggest deal of your life and my life. So John the Baptist has to confront this hypocrisy. He knows these religious leaders are there. They didn't come to repent. The last thing they would ever do is repent. Comes to point number four. He said it in verse eight. I'll bring it to you again in a moment. Report number four. Now there are. Repent now. Prove it. Your walk must validate your talk. Where's the fruit? Where's the beef? Where's the proof? So he says to them, everyone's a sinner. Everyone has to really repent. And everyone has to then live like it. It's a radical transformation. In verse 8, the New Living Translation prove by the way you live that you've really turned from your sins and turned to God. So when he looks at the, the religious people who are hypocrites, dead, the religion's dead, there's nothing changed. He says to them, as I look at you, there's zero proof of any change. Let me read you something. Recently, my husband went to our church and accepted Christ. But since then, very little has changed in his life. In fact, he lives the same old lifestyle, and sometimes he even goes out and, well, just gets drunk. He doesn't confess this as sin. I have asked him to go to church over and over again. He says he doesn't need to go because he's now a Christian. I'm afraid that he is not a real Christian, the wife writes. What do you think? Well, what did John the Baptist say? It's not what I think. John the Baptist says, the same principle I'm saying to you this morning. One of the most common errors people make is they have this event with God. They uh, ask forgiveness for their sins. It's an, ex- it's an experience that never changes their lives. They wrongly believe they're going to heaven because of some little event or some church, but nothing has ever happened. John the Baptist says, Where is the fruit? Prove your repentance is real. In fact, in 1 John, John says it like this. Whoever claims to live in him Must walk as Jesus walked. I want you to see this verse really quickly. Paul said it the same way in Acts. And then I'm going to give you a list for you to just kind of look at your own life this morning. Acts 26, 20. I preach that they should repent and turn to God and prove their repentance by deeds. You do not become a Christian by being good enough. You become a Christian by faith in Jesus Christ. Can't be good enough. But then you prove it by your life change. Well, if I'm to walk as Jesus walked... And there is no perfect person here, including me, far from it. What should my lifestyle look like? Here it is. Jesus' walk included, reading and studying the word. Let me give you a clue. If you're here this morning, and the only time you pick this up is this one and a half hours in a week, let me just kindly say to you this morning, where's the proof? You see, if you ate... Sunday morning physically and didn't eat to the next Sunday morning you think you'd be healthy you think you have any energy to live life and yet Satan has you convinced that you don't need to study you don't need to get a tape you don't need to listen now I'm not saying I'm not in this 24-7 we have real lives to live are you in it or aren't you in it second frequent prayer Hmm. full obedience to God Whatever God... I'm about to, I'm just, if I don't read this, I, I don't know how to obey God because this tells me how to obey God. And it gives me the strength to obey God. Then, I, you won't find this term too much, but I like it. If I'm really a Christian, I love to hang with other Christians. We just hang out. We got a place for you to hang out. You know, it's Wi-Fi now. You can just hang with your computer and everything. Some of you say, I like to hang with these people. Soon service is over. I want to be first one out of this lot. Get home, get on to real life. I get by these people out of here. Well... Man, you're going to spend eternity with us. How about getting used to us a little bit? <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Maybe you're going to spend eternity with us. Next, well, going to the temple. You're in church. That's a good thing on a routine basis. Do you realize if, if our church routinely, if people even came 80% of the time, we'd have the balcony full and be out of this place. We have this place has like seven or eight thousand people that come, kind of about five to 6,000 people, pretty real steady. Next, we'd be given. We'd be sharing the good news. We'd be compassionate. We'd be real. We'd be changed. You say, is that important? It's critically important. Why? One day, Jesus said this. Look at this verse from Matthew. And not everyone who says to me, I'm a Christian, will enter the kingdom of heaven. I'm paraphrasing this morning, but only those that prove it by their lifestyle. What a shocking revelation to stand before God and say, I went to church, here's my, here's my certificate, here's my whatever and whatever. And God has to say to you, uh, no changed life, I don't even know, I don't have a personal relationship. I, I kind of remember you back in uh, 47 or 92, yeah, you spoke to me once. I don't know who you are. Well, it's too late. So the key to repentance will be proved by a not a perfect life, but a changed life. Number five, repent now. Repent now. Judgment is coming. John the Baptist says, The Messiah is coming. Listen to me very carefully because God gave me a prophecy last night as I was teaching. And I'm going to give it to you again this morning. John the Baptist says the Messiah is coming and he is going to be judging people's lives. There are people in this room this morning who claim to be believers. But you know you're not. Your life doesn't match it. You're not full on for God. You really have no desire And these two verses are for you this morning. This is your wake-up call, you professing Christian that are not. Don't block me out. Don't get mad at me. This is from God in love. You listen to these two verses. You let God speak to you. The first verse speaks about an axe. It says, look at verse 10 the axe is already at the root of the tree and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown tell me where you see at the end of the season the owner of the vineyard goes out he looks at this grapevine there is no grapes the axe is at the root of it it's useless it's professing (laughs) cut down thrown into the fire what is it a picture of? the end times when you stand before God and say I'm really a believer I really know you man, I tied. I came to church Whatever everybody thought I was a Christian he wills you say what kind of a God is that? it's a God who judges perfectly well why is he warning me this morning? so you can change God help us this is your eternal life this is your eternal life this morning it is not something fun. It is something to look at somebody else. You look inside this morning and ask, is there proof? The second is exactly the same. It's an owner of a, a grain yard. Look at the verse. Look at it. It says this, his winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear the threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the shaft with unquenchable fire. You see, the owner, he has to take the wheat the, the solid wheat, which are believers, it comes to the ground. God uses those, takes them to heaven. The other wheat is shaft; It blows all over. eventually ends up here in the ground. He takes it. He gathers it up. This is a picture in the end time. In every church, there are the real and the professing. I can't separate them because I don't know your heart. It's not my job. But God will. And John the Baptist says, repent now. Because judgment is coming. When judgment comes, it's too late. And there are no self righteous people here. We're all imperfect. You know whether you're real or not. And God gathers it. Tell me where He puts it the fire. What is the picture of? Hell. Well, Pastor Mark, give me a break. I don't believe in hell. One second after you die, you will believe in it. One second. Well, what kind of a God is that? A God of love? who sent John the Baptist as a forerunner, and John the Baptist says this, please repent tomorrow. No, repent right now, because judgment is at hand. Well, is that a message of hope? Incredible hope. In both the services before this, I have no idea what God will do here. We've had, I think, 30 people saved already this weekend. Now, that's people that didn't even know the Lord. I have no idea how many people finally went, I better get rid of God. Because that's between you and God in your seat. Jesus later would say this, look at it, in Matthew. Then those who are not believers will go away to eternal punishment. See, God's a God of love, but he's a God of justice. So this morning, I pray that you receive what I've taught you that came from God that I'm an agent of hope to you today. I'm not an agent of judgment. I don't judge. I'm glad that I don't have to be judged for my sins. I still sin, but I still confess, and I receive forgiveness. You see, the Pharisees would not confess because they didn't believe they needed to. Jesus will say the same to them. You're an abomination in your father's eyes. If you're here and you're a professing Christian, just look at your life this morning and answer this question. Prove it. Some of you have played games with God for generations in your church Calvary Chapel, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Church of Christ, Nazarene, Assemblies of God, whatever. And you played. God says to you this morning, Game's over well, it's embarrassing for me. it would be a lot worse later. Just get your heart. See, he said that the judge is coming. Nothing hidden to the judge. Nothing. If your lifestyle doesn't match what you know, you repent this morning. Say, God, change my heart before it gets hard. Like that young lady from a foreign country. Maybe you never heard anything like this before. You didn't know that, belonging to a church or membership or saying something or whatever made you a Christian, now you know you must personally repent. Ask God to forgive you. Ask Him to come into your
0: heart. In today's study entitled Real Christian, Prove It, Pastor Mark discussed an extremely dangerous false teaching when it comes to salvation. In our message, Pastor Mark taught us that the gift of salvation comes only through repentance and acceptance of Christ. We learned that no matter how many churches we attend or pastors we have in the family, without Christ, it's impossible to obtain salvation. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Viera Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to lessonsforlivingradio.com. Again, our web address is lessonsforlivingradio.com. Stay tuned for the next edition of Lessons for Living as Pastor Mark will teach us on the benefits of obedience to God. Using Christ as the perfect example. Pastor Mark will teach us several passages of Scripture that help to lay out the Christian life and how it should look. We'll learn in our message that by living the life of obedience, we'll reap the abundant life that Christ promised to those who call Him Lord. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: in a hurry.